This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Let me tell you something interesting about Santa. You know that ho, ho, ho that we all know is connected with Santa? Something you maybe didn't know is that he was actually from Africa, very similar to Moses, in fact. He also had a bit of a speech impediment, and he was Afrikaans. Bet none of you knew that. So what would happen is every year at Christmas, before he needed to get off and go and deliver the presents, he would say, Oh, 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 bikini hot chocolate. I would go in the on So... That's where it comes from. Interesting, eh? Our roots are deep here in South Africa, very, very deep. Anyhow, it's a real privilege for me to be here this morning to share the Word of God with you. I thank Apostle Theo and Pastor Bev for allowing me to break bread with you this morning, to come with an encouraging message from the Lord. That's the thing we need to know, that when we come to church, we're coming to hear from God. We're not coming to hear from man. So God wants to minister to your heart today those that are watching online, wherever it is that you're watching from in our other venues, God is going to minister to your heart, especially at this time of year. You know, this year has been a tough one. How many of you would agree? So my prayer this morning is that God will take this word and he will cause it to bring a renewed strength that he would bring reminder. God sometimes has to remind us about things. He would bring reminder to us that He would bring uh, encouragement, that He would bring a fervor. He would give us a boldness. He would give us a zest for life. That is my prayer this morning. And I thank you for using this word, Lord, mightily in the name of Jesus. So many have come against, so many things have come against us in this year. People have experienced pain, they've experienced disappointment. They've had to deal with loss. There's been uncertainty that we've had to try and cope with that. But I want us to allow the Lord to have a moment this morning to minister to our hearts and to encourage you, to encourage me to remind us of who God is and also to remind us of who God sees us to be. And that is what I believe is going to happen this morning. I'd like to lay a a little foundation here this morning, looking at the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 37. It says here, know in all these things. How many of you would agree that a lot of things have come our way in the recent past? A lot of things have come our way that we didn't want, we didn't plan, that sometimes have been a little bit beyond our control. A little bit. Are you kidding me? A lot of it out of our control. But the Bible says, no, in all these things, we are what? We are more than conquerors. Say that. I am more than a conqueror through him, through Jesus who loved us. Paul says, for I'm convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future. For those of you that are having real difficulty with with the future and what may lie ahead, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. What an incredible scripture to remind us that no matter what comes our way, we are more than conquerors through who? Through Jesus Christ. He loved us enough to come to this earth, to live in this world and then to die. And through the power of his resurrection, we get to live now a resurrected life. And in everything, we can be a conqueror. Why? Because he 
conquered. So today for a few minutes, I'm, I'm excited to jump into this topic that has honestly been a big part of my own personal testimony. And that is how we can conquer fear. And that could be the title of my message this morning is Conquering Fear. We're gonna look into God's word and we're gonna see how we can conquer those four pesky letters, F-E-A-R. Of all the things that I mentioned this morning that have come across our path, fear, I believe, is one that everybody has dealt with or perhaps is dealing with right now. I think fear, I mean, it's the number one uh, uh, thing that the, that the devil uses against us. But we're gonna change that this morning by the power of the Holy Spirit. In life, we have every opportunity to face fear. Would you agree with me on that? I mean, if we're looking for opportunities to face fear, we don't, we don't really have to look. They come our way automatically. Specifically, since... March of last year. I mean, that changed things. When, when the pandemic hit the shores of South Africa, things changed for us like they've never changed before. Not only talking about the pandemic, what about the chaos that happened just recently in July in this country? That sparked fear in a lot of people. In fact, I think that there's still quite an amount of fear based on what happened there. There's political fears that people are facing. What about the fuel price? Come on. You'd think that it's been raptured, it's gone up so high, it's ridiculous. And, um, and so it gives us cause to be afraid. Some might be fearing the future, maybe many sitting here, maybe many watching this morning. The fear of the future has actually got a grip of you, a grip on you, and it's weighing heavily on you. You're not sure what's gonna happen next year. What are we gonna do? You know, there are some healthy fears that we have. It's possible to have a healthy fear. Perhaps you see someone who's about to fall off the edge of a cliff and you leap to save them. That's a fear that drives you, the fear of knowing what could happen if, if someone doesn't grab this guy by the hand. Or maybe stopping a child from stepping in front of an oncoming car. That's a healthy fear that would drive us to, to prevent harm from coming either to ourselves or to people around us. I mean, if we're just casual and the guy's falling off the cliff, but we like, you know what, brother? <laughs> fear doesn't touch me. They're gonna end up the bottom of the mountain, right? And they're gonna be filling a huge patch of the earth when they land. It's not gonna be pretty. So there is a healthy fear that drives us to, to protect ourselves and to protect others. But what I really wanna dig in today, and this is what's so important for us to understand is how we can conquer it. And I'm talking about a spirit of fear. The spirit of fear is different to the natural kind of biological fear that I've just spoken about. There's a spirit of fear that can come on us. And when it does, and it doesn't even matter what it's attached to, it's like a dark cloud that settles on us. And it takes whatever it is that we're afraid of and it turns it into something so much more. And the enemy wants to use that literally. Literally, he wants to use that to destroy us. That's his goal. That's why he brings this thing. He wants to destroy our lives. The spirit of fear is where we find all of these phobias. I don't know if you've ever tried this, but you could go to Google and you can search for the craziest phobias that are out there. A phobia is an intense fear of something. It's like an unnatural fear. 
So if you go and have a look at Google and just look at some of the crazy phobias, there are some weird things out there that people are afraid of. Uh, I, I found a couple. The one is uh, the fear of spiders. I'm not talking about disliking spiders. I'm talking about people that go into a state of, of, of uh, paralyzation and screaming at the top of their lungs at the sight of a spider. It's called arachnophobia. How many of you know about that one, arachnophobia? Here's another one I found that I've never even known existed before, and that's where people have a fear of Friday the 13th. They're actually afraid of going into a Friday the 13th because of all of the superstition that is attached to that date. And they actually have a fear. I'm not talking about a dislike. I'm talking like I'm locking all the doors. I'm staying in bed. I ain't leaving this house on Friday the 13th. That kind of thing. There's even a fear of beards. Take a look at the person next to you. If you have a beard, just be careful. Have a look. I think Santa's in some trouble this year. A fear of beards, have you ever? There's even a fear of mayonnaise. It's called mayophobia, I kid you not. People have a fear of mayonnaise, like, don't bring that mayonnaise near uh, People have a fear of mayonnaise, and they, they screech in that kind of voice, you know? And then there's a fear of clowns. Would you believe that? There's a fear of clowns. It's called coolophobia. There's nothing cool about it. But people have a fear of clowns, an intense fear. So I've got to watch myself this morning, try not to be too funny. I don't want to get in, you know, have people, anyhow, there's none of that here at CFC, come on. But these things, they're honest. And I mean, we're having a bit of fun with them this morning, but if you, if you look at them and you isolate them, you kind of think, how can anybody be afraid of that? It sounds a bit ridiculous, right? How can... How can that strike fear in people? But that's what the spirit of fear does, family. It takes something that may in itself not even be worthy of fear, and it magnifies it. That's what it does. It makes it, makes it seem like it's, it blows it out of, report, uh, uh, out of proportion to the point where it begins to control people's lives. That's what fear does. And at the end of the day, the enemy comes in to use fear as what? A weapon. He wants to use fear as a weapon to destroy you. He's not concerned. The devil's not concerned about what we're afraid of. That's not the concern for him. He wants to take whatever that is and use it to paralyze us, use it to consume us. And that's what fear does. It takes, it consumes your thoughts, it consumes your actions. It's terrible. Fear really is like a virus. It comes in and then it grows. I've had a lot of fears in my life, it started at a very young age. The first thing I remember being really, really afraid of was having an encounter with a demon. That was a major fear. I saw so many deliverances as a young child, people catching eyes going back, crazy noises coming out of, you know, men noises coming out of women. That ought not to be. And uh, I saw this as a young kid, and I tell you, I used to believe that I was gonna eventually have an encounter and physically see a demon, and it was gonna say like, I would imagine that and it terrified me. Uh, you know, I, as a young youngster in, in high school, we did a marathon of the Friday the 13th, talking about that phobia, the Friday the 13th horror series. That thing messed me up for like years. I wouldn't even, I mean, I didn't even have friends named Jason. It was hectic. I just stayed away. Anyhow, 
it messed me up big time. But one of the most horrifying experiences that I had with the spirit of fear, I'm talking about the spirit of fear, happened in 2012. I was lying in a bed one night in a room and I was going through the most horrific thing that I've ever had to experience. And, and it is something that would really uh, cause fear to come. And as I was lying in the room, I knew the spirit of fear was standing at the door of that room. And as I lay there, I could sense it literally coming into the room. And as it approached me, I felt its presence. I never saw it. Maybe it was too scared to show itself. But I, I felt it come into the room. And it came right up to this, alongside the bed where I was. And it literally pounced on me. And, and for months, I battled this. I mean, immediately I began to do what I know to do as a Christian, but it took a long time for me to break free of the spirit of fear. And some of you here in this auditorium and, and perhaps where you're watching from, that spirit of fear has tried to come in and consume you. It's been paralyzing you for longer than you can remember, and it's grown into something bigger. Like quicksand, the enemy is using it to try and stop you. And I believe with all of my heart, that's why I'm here today. For this reason, I believe that as we get into God's word today, he's going to give us the power to conquer that fear. He has a power available for you to conquer that fear. And if you believe that this morning, come on, I need to hear you shout an amen and agree with me that God is going to do something great for you this morning. You know, do not fear is a powerful phrase that's connected to the truth that we read earlier in the book of Romans, that we are more than a conqueror. We can be more than conquerors in anything that we face. We need the confidence to live out that truth though. That's what we need, and I believe God is gonna build that up for you right now in Jesus' name. Do not fear, interestingly, interestingly, is a phrase that we see in the Bible more than any other phrase. In fact, it's repeated in the Bible more than any, any other phrase, at least 117 times. God has put either do not be afraid, do not fear, fear not, whatever derivative, but more than 117 times. And why has God put that there? Because God wants you to know that you can be more than a conqueror. You can be more than a conqueror. I've seen God deliver me from some of the strangest fears. Once I had an overwhelming fear that my children were going to be kidnapped. For a period of a couple of months, I believed that they were gonna be kidnapped. You might be thinking, wow, this guy really had a problem with fear. I did, I had a real problem with fear. <clears throat> okay, let me just quickly. And, um, and I would drive to school to go and collect them, but I would be numb with fear, believing that when I arrived there, they would be gone. I would be informed that they'd been kidnapped. It was terrible, but anyhow, I've seen God deliver me from that. I've seen God deliver me from the most pathetic fears, especially when I look back at them. In fact, I'm so embarrassed, I'm not even gonna mention them. I'm not even gonna mention them, but God delivered me from those. And there are people out there that if they were to tell you what is the thing that is consuming them as far as fear is concerned, they might say to you, and you might think, but that's ridiculous. But that's the thing about fear, as I said earlier on doesn't care how ridiculous it is. All it wants to do is take that and magnify it in your life. Make it consume every part of you. In all of the places that do not fear is in the Bible, I think that one of the most appropriate ones given where we find ourselves at this time of year is where we see that phrase, it's actually used over and over, and I'm talking about the very first Christmas story, the birth of Jesus, 
the very story of Jesus. And it's so powerful. So I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter one or go to your notes in, in Luke chapter one as we step into the season and, and just remember what it's all about. We get to see that in the middle of this story, which really we have so much fun celebrating, the beautiful trees that we have here and the lovely decorations and, and people walking around with uh, hidden smiles behind their masks, but people are in a fairly jolly state. We get to see that God was doing a great work as it relates to fear right here at the very beginning. So let's have, a look at, let's have a look at Luke chapter one, verses 26. It says, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting might this be. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid, fear not. That's his words to her, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with a child and you will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. And what stands out to me in this moment, of course, is the phrase, do not fear, which we can connect to this idea that we can be more than a conqueror. It's more than just a phrase though, it's connected or it's a power, it's a truth and it's immediately followed by the reason that we can have confidence in that phrase and the reason is the name of that baby that the angel announced. The identity given to why we don't need to be afraid. Why don't we need to be afraid? Because of the name Jesus. We don't need to be afraid because the name Jesus means savior. He's gonna save you from whatever it is that you're going through. His name means deliverer. He will deliver you from whatever it is that the devil is trying to cripple you with. And it's so powerful because before Jesus did any miracles, before he walked on water, before he turned the water into, into a, a very sweet tasting grape juice, before he raised people from the dead, before he even died on the cross and rose again, the very first thing that we see Jesus doing in his story is conquering fear. And he does it through his very name. Won't you say that name with me? Say the name Jesus. Say Jesus. He is your savior. He is your deliverer. Why is that? Because he has come to conquer sin and death and the grave, and that includes fear, and we can receive that promise. Just like Mary received that promise back then, you can receive it now in your life and not be afraid because there is a savior sent for you. And he has great plans for our lives. The enemy wants to paralyze us, but God wants to set us free. We have to put our hope and our strength and our courage and our authority to have this promise in that name, Jesus. We are more than conquerors in that name. That word, more than conquerors, actually a part of that word is, uh, it's the word hooper and nikeo. Nikeo is where the word Nike comes from. It talks about victory. When we say that we're more than overcomers or more than conquerors, it means that you will have the victory. Say that, I have the victory. And what the Bible is really telling us is that when we face fear of whatever kind, and that we will have the victory, but not only that, that we will demolish it once and for all. How many of you are ready for that fear to be demolished once and for all in your life? 
Praise God, I believe it. So let's activate the delivering power of God by looking at four of the scriptures. I said that there are more than 117. Let's just look at four of them that deal with this most uh, common phrase in the Bible, don't be afraid. And let's look at how we can conquer fear. The first one is found in Exodus chapter 14. The Israelites have just been delivered out of Egypt. It was a miraculous thing. They left with the wealth of Egypt. They find themselves at the shores of the Red Sea, blocked on either side by mountains and coming up behind them, the full army, the most powerful army in, uh, army. <laughs> the most powerful army in the world at that time, the Egyptian army with all of their chariots and horses and swordsmen charging down on the nation of Israel. What do they have? They've got maybe a gold idol that they were given. They might tonk someone over their head. They were helpless. There was nothing that they could do. So they were in a position, and obviously fear must have, been, must have swept through that camp. I know that I would have been afraid. And what does Moses say in this time? This is what he tells him, tells him in Exodus 14. He says, uh, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, he says, but stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. Listen, he says, the Egyptians you see today, you will never see them again. Talk about being more than conquerors. This, this fear, this nation that uh, um, incited fear in, this, in the Israelites for more than 400 years, he's saying that day they will never see them again. What did they need to do? They needed to stand firm. So that will be the first point that we take a look at to activate these truths in our lives. We need to stand our ground. What do I stand on, Paul? You stand on the authority of the Word of God. If you came across a lion in the wild, what do you do? Does anybody know? If you don't, let me tell you. Maybe some of you are going to the Kruger. So this is good advice. If you come across a lion, the first thing you do is you don't panic. I know it's easier said than done, but that's what you're supposed to do, not panic. And secondly, you have to stand your ground. That's what your tour guide or your uh, field guide will tell you. You stand your ground, you've got a better chance of surviving. If you stand your ground with that lion, then you do if you run. Folks, if you run, you're gonna die. So we have to stand our ground. Don't do what your natural reaction will be. God says, stand your ground so that he has space to work. I love that. So that he has space to work to demolish the fear. That's what he was doing with the, Egyptians, with the Israelites. Saying, stand your ground. Daddy's gonna fix this. The second thing we do is we pray for peace. After we stand our ground, we pray for peace. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything. I know, again, easier said than done, but it's a powerful truth. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. How amazing is God? He's actually giving us something to do while we stand our ground. He knows us so well because we'll just keep looking at the problem. He's saying, stand your ground and then begin to pray. And then he says, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What is prayer doing? Prayer is addressing our need to God at the core. That's what prayer does. We're letting God know, God, here's what's going on in my life. And if you've never known this, I want you to know this right now, is that God loves it when you do that. He loves it when you come to him and pray and you tell him what's going on in your life. No matter how silly your fear might seem or how big the reality of the thing that we're facing is, or that our fear is attached to, and everything in between that, God desires us to come to him with that fear because he's a great father. 
With that anxiety, he desires to let him know, hey, God, here's what's going on. Here's what I'm facing. You don't have to dress it up. You don't have to make it sound right. God just wants you to come to him with it. And then it goes on to say that uh, not only do we pray, but we petition God. So what is that? Well, when we pray, we're letting God know what's going on. That's our prayer. When we petition, we're letting God know what we need him to do for us in that situation. That's what the petition is. God wants us to go to the next level. He doesn't just want to hear from us what the problem is. Yes, he does want that. But he's saying, tell me what you want me to do about it. When Jesus came to the the blind man, did he not ask him, what do you want me to do? God loves to hear, he loves to hear our petitions where we're running to him and saying, Lord, I'm in this situation, I'm facing this fear, I need you to help me through this. I need you to take this thing away or I need you to give me the strength to see this thing through. I need you to give me the wisdom to be able to to move through this. That's what our petition is. And then after that, after we've told God what's happening in our lives and what we'd like him to do about it, then we start to give him thanksgiving. And I love that. We begin to thank him for the solution. Even though we may not be seeing it, even though it's not happening, we might still be in that very situation, but we begin to give him thanksgiving. God loves this. And that thanksgiving, it's a moment of celebration for us. It's a moment of faith demonstration. We were saying, thank you, Lord. I believe that you're working on my behalf. And you stand your ground while you're praying and you stand your ground while you give God thanksgiving, but stand your ground. And then I love what happens in this last part. It says, even in that moment, because it talks about the peace of God, right? Even in that moment, in the natural, if we don't see anything change, even in that moment, we receive an answer to prayer. Think about that. You receive peace. It comes instantly. It's immediate. When you pray, you petition God, you thank God, he says his peace will come. That's already an answer to prayer. Now, I think what happens is is sometimes we think that peace is a kind of theory or a a weak kind of thing. You know, peace, what what, what am I gonna do with peace? But listen, he says that the peace will guard our hearts. No, peace is a powerful thing. Say that, peace is a powerful thing. When you have something you want protected or a building or something, we put a guard out there. We don't put a weak, you know, we make sure this guard can, can stand his ground. So the peace that God gives you, it's a protection, it's a guard. And it's a very strong and powerful protection. We shouldn't take it lightly. Maybe you're facing uncertainty with your kids, but in that moment, you don't see how it's gonna work out It's created a fear in your life, and in this moment, you can have peace. Maybe you're still waiting for a doctor's report. Maybe there are people here this morning. Monday morning, they said, we've got to come in. That's when the report will be ready. And all sorts of things are running crazy in your head. When you feel that area that you've had to see the doctor about, and it's maybe it's beating or it's in pain or this fear, and like, what's going to be on the report? What's going to be on the report? What's going to be on... You want to just throw up, you're so nauseated with fear. You can have peace in this situation. If you're trusting God for something to happen in your marriage, you can have peace, even though the marriage is still working its way to being corrected. It's so powerful. Wherever you are, you can have supernatural peace. So what do we do when we're facing fear? We want to conquer it, right? And how do we do that? By trusting in the name of Jesus and acting on the truth of his word. We stand our ground. 
We pray for peace to come. And then number three, we just object the lies. We object the lies. We will also toy toy. Come on, man. We are also going to protest. We stand against those lies. The Bible makes it clear that the devil is our enemy. He's our adversary, and he is a liar. Ultimately, lying is a weapon that he uses, and every fear is attached to a lie. Say that with me. Every fear is attached to a lie. And he's hurling that spirit of fear. He just wants that cloud to come on us. He's hurling those fiery darts. He's trying to overwhelm us with that fear. He's trying to paralyze us with that fear. And what we get to do is we stand our ground as we pray and peace comes. And out of that place of strength, we get to begin to stand firm and to fight those lies off, to object those lies. So that's the third thing, object the lies. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought that uh, to make it obedient to Christ. Watch your mind, folks. We are gonna object the lies. We're standing against those lies. We're saying no to those lies. Maybe you've never seen your Bible as a weapon. Maybe you've never seen it as a weapon. I wanna encourage you, get into the Word. It's the only weapon you have against one of the only weapons the enemy has, which is fear. This is the way that you're gonna fight him. Come on, hold up your Bibles. Say, this is my weapon. When we stand firm and we pray for peace and we object the lies, then lastly what we do is we trust in God. And that ultimately is the whole message. That's the whole message of your life, folks. That's the whole message that God has for you. Trust in God. David said it or put it so beautifully in Psalm 56, verses three to four. It says, when I am afraid, David acknowledging that, admitting to that, when I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise, in God I trust and I am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? It's what David is saying. Come on, say, I am not afraid. Say, I put my trust in God. A lot of times we think that it's, it's just finding a solution to fear. But really what we fight fear with at the end of the day is not just solving that single fear. No, at the end of the day, the most powerful weapon to demolish fear is our trust. It's our faith. That's the thing that beats fear. We have to work on our trust. Let me give you a powerful quote. I'll end with this powerful quote from Corey Ten Boom. She says, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Never be afraid. I think we should give God a praise. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. But you see, sometimes trust can be a fear in itself. That leap of faith that we take, maybe it's been your fear. Not wanting to trust anybody not even the Lord. Maybe you're afraid to be disappointed again. You trusted God once and, you know, it didn't work out the way you wanted it to. 
In fact, it worked out to be a tragedy. And you said, there's it, I'm not going through this again. I'm not going through this again. And so trust is the very thing that the enemy is using against you. You cut your grass, you pull the weeds out of your garden on Monday, show me there'll be no more weeds ever again in your garden, folks. You gotta keep at it, right? Could I have every head bowed and every, every eye closed right now, please? You are more than conquerors, family. Jesus, the very first thing he defeated when he was born was fear. God does not want you to be in a place of fear. He desires you to have freedom. This morning we've heard how we can activate a stand against fear. We stand firm, we pray, peace comes. We object the lies and we trust in the Lord. This morning I wanna pray for every single person that is battling with a fear right now. Maybe there are many fears. Father, I thank you for every single person here this morning and those that are wherever else they're watching from, Father. As we've heard your word and, and your desperate desire for us to be free from fear, we thank you this morning that as we've heard this word, faith has come, Father. We recognize and understand that fear is not our portion. We will not allow the enemy to control us with fear any longer. And so this morning, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over every spirit of fear. That demon of fear that came into my very room, how dare you? I break your hold and your power on every single person right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, that they are set free and that they go into this Christmas season with cheer, with joy, with peace. Even though that situation may not leave, they may be going home to that situation. I thank you, Father, that they are free of fear and that peace guards them, Father, that you protect them with peace and you see them through the situation as the faithful God that you are in Jesus' name. And I pray that they will have the strength to stand firm to be still and to see the enemy you see today, you will never see again in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. I thank you, Father, for your delivering power. Then again, I want you just to bow your heads. Many people here listening, maybe they don't have a relationship with God. Maybe they fear God because of the background of their own lives. Maybe you're here today and you fear God because of the things that you have done. You're actually, you don't think that you're good enough for God. I wanna tell you this morning that no one's good enough for God, folks, nobody. So if you're here this morning, no matter what your background is, no matter what has happened in your life, no matter what you said on the way to church this morning, no matter what you did, God is standing here. You can see Him in your mind's eye with His arms open wide. He wants to receive you. He gave Jesus, His Son, to die for you. And so I wanna invite you to pray with me this morning. If you wanna make Jesus the Lord of your life, if you feel, you know what, let me just, I'm surrendering to God right now. If there's nothing I can do to please Him. No, there is nothing you can do to please Him, but you can submit to Him this morning. Surrender your life to Him and allow Him to become the King of kings and the Lord of lords in your own life. If that's you this morning, if you wanna give your life to Jesus, if you, you're tired of running away from God, I wanna ask you at the count of three to raise your hand. If you wanna come back to God, maybe you've drifted away, that's okay. God goes to find the one. Don't you know that? He leaves the 99 to go and find the one sheep. This morning, He's come to find you. I want you to raise your hand at the count of three. One, two, three, raise your hand up high. 
thank you for those hands. Come on, don't allow this Christmas season to pass without your salvation being a known thing. If there's anybody else you wanna come back to God, you wanna receive Jesus, raise your hand right now. I'd love to pray with you. There's a hand again. Thank you so much for that hand. I see it. Just raise it a bit higher so that we can see it, so that God can see it. I'm making one more appeal. If there's anybody else, maybe in a, one of our other venues, if there's anyone there, we have leaders there, please raise your hand. Please don't go into this Christmas season. I heard a very sad story. Three, t uh, three matriculants now just finished high school. Three matriculants on their way on holiday. All three died in a car accident. They weren't expecting that. The rest of their lives was ahead of them and they died in a tragic car accident, their entire life came to an end in an instant. Don't let that be you without not knowing where your eternity will be spent. Anyone else, you can raise your hand right now. I'm about to pray. I'm gonna ask everybody to pray this prayer together with me, okay? Please pray this prayer. Listen to the words that you're saying. They're so important, very simple. The Bible says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. So we're gonna do that, right? I'm gonna pray a prayer. Please, everybody, repeat this after me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you today that I have heard that Jesus died for me, that He has forgiven me, that you, Father, have forgiven me of all of my sin. No matter how hectic they may have been, you have forgiven me. This morning, I thank you for that. I acknowledge that I need a Savior. And so this morning, Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. I declare you are the Son of God. I believe you died for me. And I believe that you have risen from the dead. I give my life to you. Thank you for saving me and washing me clean, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.